Welcome to The Savage Truth with Cicely Davis. I am your host, Cicely Davis. Hello and welcome back. I'm Cicely and thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Savage Truth with Cicely Davis. As promised, I wanted to pay homage and raise up the men in our country. I think it's high time we start doing so. I think it's even more significant that it's a movement that is led by women. Well, as a woman with a son, I wanted to pioneer that here in 2023. So I have a question for you today. What is a man? Let me start by giving you a legal definition. A man is an adult human of the male sex, a male of the human species above the age of puberty. I like that. It's simple, straight to the point. I can work with that. Now, let's compare that with what I found defined as the new definition of a man, an adult who lives and identifies as male, even though they might have been born as a different sex. And with that, can I just say, stop the madness. But before we delve further into these definitions, let's give today's podcast a title. Let's call it, What is a Man? The Rise and Fall of Masculinity in Our Society. Before we do that, I just want to remind you to please subscribe and leave comments especially today. This is going to be great. Again, it really does inspire me to see commentary. Um, It just inspires me to continue um, in this plight to attack culture um, in current society today. But I also just love to see the participation. So what is a man, the rise and fall of masculinity in American society? Let me also be clear that this is discussion. It is about masculinity and not sexuality. The two don't need to be linked regarding this discussion. In the same regards that a man who is celibate is no more or less masculine based on his sexual abstinence. Furthermore, this is a discussion and it is based on my personal experiences and opinions you are certainly invited to have a differing viewpoint. Now, now that we have that out of the way, let me say, if you are a father, you need to teach your sons to be a man. If you are a single parent mother raising a son, you need to find a strong man to be a role model for your son. And I'll tell you why. Because you have a responsibility to raise young boys to be good men. By good men, I mean to have the qualities regarded as those that a man should have. And a woman cannot and will not ever be able to do so. Let's look at four masculine traits. Trait one, character and integrity. Trait two, Wisdom. Trait three, tempered strength. Trait four, emotional awareness and intelligence. I wonder what a manly man would have to say about this. Let's look at 
one badass manly man who also happened to be the father of our country, George Washington. And I know you probably already guessed that I would choose him considering the first two episodes. Here's what he said about trait one, character and integrity. Few men have the virtue to withstand the highest bidder. I wonder what Joe Big Guy Biden would have to say about that. But let's move on. Let's look at what George Washington had to say about trait two, wisdom. Associate with men of good quality if you esteem your own reputation, for it is better to be alone than in bad company. Let's see what he said about trait three, tempered strength. If we desire to avoid insult, we must be able to repel it. If we desire to secure peace, one of the most powerful instruments of our rising prosperity, it must be known that we are at all times ready for war. And lastly, let's look at what George Washington had to say about trait four, emotional awareness and intelligence. Remember that it is the actions, not the commission, that make the officer and that there is more expected from him than the title. When I was a child, they had these little thing called books and parents or teachers would read them to children. And one of these books was about George Washington. And in it was a story about a cherry tree. You know, the one where his parents gave little George a hatchet. And shortly after his father, who discovered his prized cherry tree had been chopped down, confronts little George. I cannot tell a lie, said little George Washington. It was I who cut down the cherry tree. But then everyone got up in arms about the fact that he never said that and never actually cut down the cherry tree. All the historians are up in arms. All the precursor Karens are running around. That's a myth. You know it never happened. But that was never the point of the story. The point was not to tell lies. The story was a metaphor for a great lesson for children. And who better to spread the importance of honesty than the little boy who would grow up to be our first president? And so we have spent so many decades demonizing virtue and character in most of our American heroes. Is it any wonder we have so few left? If you have a son today, ask him who his role models are. Does he even understand the importance of a role model in his life? Do you understand the importance of what being an exemplary role model in his life means? For a child, isn't it better to have an ingredient of myth in his heroes? They have their entire lives to discover that their childhood heroes were just ordinary human beings, who while being and doing incredible feats, never claimed to be infallible. Do we really have to burn that bridge right now? So back to the question, how do we raise good men? We could start by finding them an excellent role model. My suggestion is to start with you if you're a man. If you're a female raising a young boy, you're not it. And I repeat, if you're a female raising a young boy, you are not it. You need to find an uncle, a grandfather, a coach, a big brother program. I don't know, but you need to find him a positive influence for his life. And you need to start this when he's young and you need to act with a sense of urgency.
Why with the sense of urgency? Because your male children are being inundated with messaging directed at creating social, economic, and political change with an end goal of dismantling traditional male sex roles until it has rendered them either nearly dysfunctional or completely obsolete. What makes a man less a man? A man who's afraid to act, who doesn't know what he wants, who doesn't respect himself and those around him, being rude to family and friends, who isn't motivated in life or invested in his future, one who is content to sit back and let others do for him or decide for him. There seems to be confusion about what it means to be a man in society today. Never before in history have we seen masculinity become a concept we question. Masculinity today is being destroyed by gender identity politics, toxic masculinity labels, and characterizations of male dominance. The inundation of these labels has left young men and young boys confused and lost about who they are or who they're supposed to be. You have a war on your hands, so man up. It's time to fight back. You have an incredible opportunity to fight a strategic battle and turn the tide. They wanted a war? Then let's give them one. Gentlemen, it's time to pull your nuts out of your purse. In the words of Colonel George Taylor, who at Omaha Beach on D-Day, roared this at his men. There are two kinds of people who are staying on this beach. Those who are dead and those who are going to die. Now let's get the hell out of here. We're in the thick of it, and the only way out is to fight our way forward like they did on D-Day. I'm going to say that Colonel George Taylor was clearly a manly man among many that day. God bless them all. Well, if we're going to have a war, we need a battle plan. Let's call this one Operation Braveheart. First, masculinity is about your character and actions. It's an absolute matter of choice, a choice you make every day as you move forward. I would argue that George Washington became a greater man every year of his life, and he will continue to be the example I use throughout this discussion. So gather around, men. We have a plan to discuss. Phase one, might as well jump. Teach your sons to dare to be great. Teach them to pursue a life they envision and not to follow the status quo. To take risks. I'm not talking about risking your life. I'm talking about challenging your own possibilities. Phase two, no pain, no gain. Stop coddling. Your son doesn't need a participation trophy. Now, if they receive a participation trophy, just let them know what it is and what it isn't before the competition. They should be proud of entering any competition, but understand a participation trophy is the same thing as a ticket stub. Thanks for showing up. We are teaching children to be too comfortable, to be a victim, to feel sorry for themselves, to blame others for their feelings and not solve our own problems. They need to learn how to get their feelings hurt early. It makes life easier later. When you don't learn to get over your own hurt feelings, you will turn to drugs, alcohol, porn, sugar, whatever it is that provides enough dopamine to temporarily mask your problems. Teach them life isn't easy, but we learn from our discomfort and pain. They are all calluses for a rewarding life. Remember, 
Life is a journey and it doesn't have a guaranteed outcome. It would suck to get a participation trophy at the end. When in doubt, just listen to that Garth Brooks song, The Dance. There's a line that says, I could have missed the pain, but I'd have to miss the dance. My suggestion is don't miss the dance. Phase three, let's get physical. Get them physical. Your body wasn't made to watch Netflix, play video games, and eat potato chips. You won't have a full life if you don't have the energy to pursue it. I could have entitled this one, Move Your Ass. You need to be physical. You need to build yourself to be better, faster, and stronger. You don't need to be the rock, but you need to be healthy. If you like to swim, swim. If you like to fight, then get to a martial arts gym. Whatever it is you like and it gets you physical, do that. Build a body that serves you. Don't be a slave to a body you destroyed. And teach them to eat real food. You know, the stuff at the grocery store you cook on a stovetop. Phase four, singing in the rain. Emotions make us human. Men can't be afraid to express joy, sadness, love, guilt, shame, or fear. These are emotions that connect us all, the essence of humanity. It is human to experience them. It's a choice to be controlled by them, and more importantly, not controlled by them. Anger comes from fear and hurt. Teach your boys to understand this, and we will end the myths of toxic masculinity. You can't be controlled by anger. You must learn self-control. Anger is the loss of control. When we can accept that, we can learn that it's normal to be afraid. UFC champion George St. Pierre had this to say about that subject. I'm not afraid to admit that I'm afraid when I go to fight. Even though I'm scared and I'm afraid to fail when I walk out into the octagon, I look like it's impossible for me to fail and I look very confident, like I'm going to kick ass for sure. But the truth is, deep down inside, I'm scared as hell. One of the most important lessons you can teach your son is just that. It's normal to feel fear, but you need to not be controlled by it and push through it. Phase five, dream on. Nothing happens without action. I'll give you a hood term. It's called fitting to. In the hood, we have a lot of fitting tos. A lot of fitting to folks. Always going to do something, but never do. Always going to do something, but never follow through. Teach your sons to act on their desires if it's good and a virtue. The time is now and it will never be better. not the boss of me. Your children seek your approval. As men, they need to learn to act and accept the outcome of those actions. Men are protectors and providers. Real men don't need validation or approval. They have to be willing to face criticism and disapproval in the pursuit of a full life. My husband's favorite line is, you're not the boss of me. 
He's been saying it since he was a little kid and it is literally his pursuit in life to not let any man be the boss of him. Men know when to lead and when it's time to follow and they are competent and confident in both roles. Phase seven, R-E-S-B-E-C-T. Respect yourself first. This enables you to have the confidence to set firm boundaries. It means knowing what you stand for and what your values are and being accepting of both your strengths and weaknesses. This is a quality that is developed. Honor your mother and your father. Respect women as equals and protect them. Learn to be authentic in yourself and search for genuine connections with people. Teach sons to open doors and hold out chairs. Your son will learn how to respect women from you. Now let's see what George Washington had to say about respect. Your love of liberty, your respect for the laws, your habits of industry, and your practice of the moral and religious obligations are the strongest claims to national and individual happiness. Phase eight, you've got a friend. Be your own best friend first. If you can't first serve yourself, then you aren't emotionally or physically equipped to serve others and your motives are highly suspect. When you love yourself, you can find the joy in serving others. Be a man who has the spirit of servitude and bless others with it. Serving has no place for ego, so get over yourself. Phase nine, candle in the wind. Life is short and precious. Teach your sons to live it fully. The average adult from 18 to 80, the lifespan is approximately 383,000 hours. So act with a sense of urgency. So that's it. That's the battle plan to raise up good men. We owe it to this magnificent country. We need to create leaders who understand what servitude truly is. We need another George Washington, not another Joe Biden. That is a savage truth. And here we stand, his sons and daughters. Are we willing to fight? We need men to fight. We need to take George's boys and create good men. It is our duty. Let me leave you with one last George Washington quote that I feel sums up our plan. After Washington's surprise attack and victory at Trenton, you know, Washington crossing the Delaware, Washington faced a critical crisis. On the last day of December, enlistments would be up. His soldiers were weary and eager to return to their homes, but if they left, Washington wouldn't be able to continue fighting and our freedom would be lost. Lining up his command, he made a personal appeal for them to re-enlist. My brave fellows, he said, you have done all I've asked you to do and more than can be reasonably expected. But your country is at stake, your wives, your houses, and all that you hold dear. You have worn yourselves out with fatigue and hardships, but we know not how to spare you. If you would consent to stay one month longer, you will render that service to the cause of liberty and to your country, which you probably could never do under any other circumstances. Half of the men agreed to stay, making it possible for another victory at Princeton three days later. 
And that concludes my thoughts on what it takes to be a man. I hope I was able to inspire you, get some nods and perhaps some fist pumps in the air. Gentlemen, this is truly what women seek in men in spite of what the media tells us. Did I describe you in this episode? Did you learn anything? Is there any area you need to work on? Having male citizens who fit these traits will most definitely get us back to winning the culture war here in America and save our republic's future. Please subscribe and leave positive comments. And remember, be beautiful, be faithful, be American, be true.